0: I'm Charles Legg, compiler of the Daily Mail's long running Answers to Correspondence page. Here we answer all the weird and wonderful questions sent in by our readers. In this podcast, I'm going to answer your questions on everything from entertainment to history, from science to sport, from the sensible to the surreal, all with the help of the Daily Mail's top experts. Now, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google and Spotify and leave us a review. For today's podcast, I'm pleased to be joined by the Daily Mail sports editor, Matt Gatwood, to discuss a few topics around the theme of football. The first question today is, Crystal Palace footballer Fitz Hall was given the brilliant nickname One Size Fits All." Are there any other sporting nicknames to rival this?
1: Well, I mean, that is a cracker, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, that's got to be top of the tree. I do love that one. I've always enjoyed that one. And there's been some classics down the years. Obviously, there's a lot of ones that are related to aggression in football. So, you know, if you go back to the Leeds team, you have Norman, Bite Your Legs, Hunter, um, West Ham's Mad Dog. And of course, one of my favourites, Stuart Pearce, who was obviously known as... There's Psycho. Now, they weren't particularly clever, but they certainly got the point across about what sort of players you were dealing with. Then there's more of the ones uh, that have used some clever wordplay, like you said. Another great favourite has to be Whitney, the name given to the Senegal international uh, and former Sunderland midfielder, Alfred Ndai, uh, as in Ndai will always love you, which just about crowbars in, I think. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, another another good one was the um, the French Liverpool striker uh, David Ungo. I, yeah. I can't remember. I don't remember him too well. Was he any good?
1: Uh, he was average, let's say. He played for Liverpool when they weren't at their strongest, so that's probably why you don't remember him. He went on okay. to Sunderland as well, where he was slightly more successful, but he probably wasn't cut out to be a Liverpool
0: player. However, he should be remembered for his nickname, which was Wash and Go. Brilliant. Not the shampoo. <laughs> Very, very good, very good. Yes,
1: no, that was a that was a classic, and of course, there's others like the Romford Pele uh, uh Dear Ray Parler. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether he he self christened that one or not. I'm not sure. Um, and his teammate at the time in the Arsenal team, Dennis Bergkamp, who was obviously famously known as the non flying Dutchman due to his uh, his refusal to get on a plane due to his fear
0: of flying. You've got, um, you've got some skin in the game here, Matt, because you're an Arsenal fan, I understand.
1: I am, so I'm, I'm familiar with those guys, certainly. Yeah. But another one of my favourites is, I don't know whether you're aware of this one, but Cesar Azpilicueta. Uh, he's got a fantastic nickname, which was given to him by his Chelsea teammates when he joined the club, which must be sort of eight, nine years ago now. But for some reason, they couldn't get their heads around his name. Obviously, Azpilicueta, you know, a little bit of a mouthful. Um, so they decided to just call him Dave. Okay, no,
0: that's, that's very good. A bit of reverse psychology there. I like it. Yeah, I mean, why um,
1: Cesar wouldn't have worked? I'm not no, sure. But... Absolutely.
0: Now I, another good one was uh, Fulham's uh, Moroccan player Ad Salam Adudu, who was nicknamed Seaside. Do you want to finish <laughs> that one for me?
1: Yes, that is a cracker. So I, do, I do. like to be beside the seaside. Yeah, very course. good. And that, that does
0: show the inventiveness of the sports fan, I think.
1: It certainly does. And um, there is another one that we if we flip sports to Rugby Union, and this one is very, very clever. I've always enjoyed this one. It was Billy 12 Trees. Do you know what his nickname was? 36. You're correct. You knew that one. 36, because obviously when he, uh, when he had a few Irish teammates who joined him at his club, they said that 12 Trees were 36. So I've always found that one very clever. That's
0: brilliant. In- inventive stuff.
1: Indeed, another little fact about Billy Twelve Trees, which you might enjoy, is the fact that his father was a tree surgeon, <laughs> and when and when he met his future wife, her surname was Twelve Trees, and he decided that he would forgo his own surname and take his wife to be surname, so that he could carry on his tree surgeon business, but with the brilliant surname of Twelve Trees. So
0: the name Twelve Trees—that that is genius. <laughs> Um, Here we go. <laughs> another one for you. Uh, a few seasons ago, Manchester City had a winger called Masampa, and his name, he was nicknamed Chris.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, I remember that. Chris
0: one. Masampa. Chris Masampa. Brilliant. That is
1: that is genius. Yeah, that to be fair, that's up there
0: with uh, one size fits all, isn't it? I, I would say so. Jason Mcateer, one of yes. the uh, Spice Boys. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but supposedly he was nicknamed Double Trigger. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was twice as daft as Trigger from Only Fools and Horses. Which is some effort. So,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I can, we can certainly try and find out whether that's true. I know that he wasn't necessarily the brightest of footballers, but um, I wouldn't like to say that he was uh, twice as thick as Trigger. That's probably a bit harsh.
0: No, very much so. And of course, uh, David James was Calamity James. He certainly was. And
1: that was interesting because that came up again recently when Fabio Capello was interviewed not too long ago. And he referred to David James as Calamity James all the way through the interview, which was rather unfortunate.
0: That is um, unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I think p- possibly something slightly lost in translation there. Maybe he didn't quite get the extent of why that nickname was a little cruel on, uh, on England's number one goalkeeper for a while. So, um, but yeah, that's certainly a nickname that's obviously
0: stuck. But he realised that his computer game addiction had caused him problems. He's, I think he suggested that uh, his concentration was, was failing while he was between the sticks because of yeah. that. So maybe he was, I think he agreed he was Calamity James for <laughs> yeah, a time. Possibly did.
1: Yeah. Well, he, yeah, well, at least he found out the error of his ways. Absolutely. There's a few other nice ones. I've always liked the baby-faced assassin for Olly Gunnar Show. I always thought that was quite a sweet nickname, really.
0: It is and uh, and he was, in a way, there wasn 't he? he would come on and steal the game,,
1: yeah, and he was sort of obviously very cherubic, but he also never really complained about his role as being this sort of super sub. Um, he always seemed to take that very well he 's obviously a very nice guy,
0: yeah, he comes across well, I think he 's toughened up a bit now hasn 't he, and uh, Man United have got a chance this season well if the season ever ever happens <laughs>
1: he, he seemed to be getting him on track yeah just as, as when it all came crashing to a halt so yeah maybe he's had to um, develop a sort of more steely side to him although maybe he'd say he always had that it was just uh, misleading the way he looked so young even though he wasn't but he's certainly he's got a few more grey hairs now having been, been in charge of Man U for a while
0: absolutely like they all do it's like being the Prime Minister isn't it a stressful <laughs> <Yeah>. job <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> Okay, well, this question might interest you because uh, I think Arsenal have been guilty of doing this a lot, turning down very fine footballers. But the, the question was, did Sheffield United turn down the services of one Diego Maradona?
1: Yes, well, the very interesting story. And it's probably not quite accurate to say that they turned down the services. They were certainly interested in... The, uh, the manager, the Sheffield United manager at the time, uh, a certain Harry Haslam, uh, was over in Argentina um, scouting four players and came across a 17-year-old uh, Maradona in action and did actually attempt to buy him. So Maradona could have been a Sheffield United player. They put an offer in of about uh, £200,000, I think it was, but then... Um, that offer was dismissed and agents got involved and they were uh, 600,000 was the fee that was requested for his services. Nothing changes um, there. though. <laughs> nothing changes there. Exactly. It was ever thus. <laughs> um, and it all fell apart and they didn't get the deal done. Uh, and Bramwell Lane was denied seeing uh, Diego Maradona strutting his stuff. Instead, they signed uh, a river plate midfielder, Alex Sabaya, for um, what was then a club record, 160,000. Um, good player as I remember, although my memory of him, I must admit, is a little vague. Um, my memory of Maradona is much stronger, so they probably didn't quite get the sort of player they were after.
0: That's a decent amount of money anyway, isn't it? Uh, 160000 in 1978?
1: Yeah, that would, have been a, that would have been a fair bit of cash. So, um, yes, it wasn't quite the 600000 needed, which obviously was an extraordinary sum then. Um, but, yeah, how different it could have been. You know, forget the Napoli thing, that you, where he ma- managed to lead Napoli to two league titles. Uh, Maradona
0: could have been. I suppose leading. Sheffield was sort of equivalent size to Napoli, yeah, would we say? Possibly, possibly, yeah. Maybe not quite the fervour that not, you get down in Naples.
1: Possibly not. Maybe not quite the glamour or the coastline, but, um, but uh, certainly would have been interesting if he'd made it to English football.
0: But they're doing all right this season, Sheffield they United. Did, they were
1: doing very well again. There'll be another, others are cruelly denied by the. Uh, the curtailment of the season and they'll be there for one are desperate to get it back up and running because they were doing extraordinarily well with or without Maradona they've had a great season
0: so I've got a shoe of almighty wolves in here because they fall into a similar category especially with the um Europa Cup yeah uh, yeah they were doing brilliantly work they've done there yeah anyway uh, any really other well. mistakes uh through the years
1: well you did mention Arsenal and Arsene Wenger, I mean, he was at, at Arsenal for a long time, um, obviously, as we know. But he does have a catalogue of near misses, um, which is, as an Arsenal fan, is even. I mean, we did have some, obviously, glory years under him, but it does get frustrating when you hear about the players who he missed out on. So he offered a trial to Zlatan Ibrahimović, famously, and Zlatan turned round. This was when he was 21, Zlatan. Um, he was at Malmo, uh, never short of confidence, as you know. Um, He turned around and said to Wenger, I don't do trials and uh, promptly joined Ajax instead for five and a half million and obviously went on to have a stellar career, albeit falling out with every manager and every club he ever played at. But he was a great player. Wenger had Ronaldo as well at Arsenal's training ground um, with with Ronaldo's mum. Reckoned he pretty much convinced him to sign on before uh, Carlos Quiros, who was the coach at Man United and a fellow Portuguese, picked up the phone and made Ronaldo head up the motorway and join Manchester United instead. Manchester United played against Sporting Lisbon in a friendly and he'd impressed, so United didn't want to let that one slip through the fingers. So there was a couple there disappointingly didn't join Arsenal. Um, is it, the is other there any truth
0: had, in the, the messy rumour?
1: In as much as he tried to buy him, he approached, uh, I believe he approached, I think he said this in one of his books, that he approached Barcelona about signing him. But I think... That was as far as it went. Barcelona, this was the... Obviously, he got Fabregas from Barcelona's youth system. And I think Barcelona, while they let Fabregas go, were less willing to let Lionel Messi out of their grasp. So that's one... I don't think that one was ever close. I think it was just Wenger admitted that he did sort of try to make an effort to sign, uh, to sign Lionel Messi. One player we did have on trial was Yaya Torre, who played in a 0-0 draw in a pre-season friendly at Barnet. Apparently, he was pretty ordinary and Wenger didn't get the deal done. But obviously he went on to win absolutely everything with Barcelona and Manchester City. So another one slipped through Wenger's fingers.
0: Yeah, a few blasts from the past. Supposedly uh, West Ham manager Ron Greenwood decided not to sign a 16-year-old Kenny Dalgleish, Uh <laughs> considering him too lightweight. Yeah. Um, yes, that's one that would be uh, great in the years to come. It would do. Liverpool's finest ever player, perhaps? Somewhere yeah, up there. Certainly up there, yeah. Uh, Zinedine, Zidid, sorry, I can't say it, Zinedine Zidane.
1: <laughs> oh, I know this to one. Blackburn
0: Rovers in 1995.
1: Indeed, and didn't Jack Walker say, well, why do we need him? We've got Tim Sherwood.
0: Yeah, well, you can't, <laughs> you can't argue with that, can you? <laughs>
1: you can't argue with that logic. We actually, I actually know that one. We did an interview with Tim Sherwood at the weekend where he told that story about how um, Walker had very firmly given him some backing. So, uh, yeah, whether Jack Walker could have signed Zidane, of course, is, uh, is another question. But the fact that Sherwood can reel off that anecdote, I'm sure, makes him very happy. Which year did Blackburn win the the Premiership? That was 25 years ago, so 95.
0: So that was 95. So he was right not to sign him. Well, yeah, was
1: the man. <laughs> I think it was the season after they were looking at, I think he sort of, once they'd won the league, I think they, rather than strengthen the team, because Blackburn sort of fell apart after that, they dropped down the, the league that next season, Shearer stayed, but they dropped quite a long way down the league, I can't remember exactly where they finished, but it was something like 12th. And uh, then Shearer left the following season. And then, of course, it all fell apart. So they didn't build on that one um, season of success they had. So had they signed Zidane and maybe even partnered him with Tim Sherwood in midfield, they may have gone on to have more than just that one season of uh, of glory.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a final one, I understand Aston Villa manager Martin O'Neill was offered a little-known Colombian by the name of Radamel Falcao. Um, <laughs> And took uh, one Emil Heskey instead from Wigan Athletic. <laughs> but actually, Heskey was a pretty good player.
1: Yes, I think, I think it's a better player. You're being a little harsh on Emil there. He uh, he did. He had a very solid career. He's got a lot of goals uh, at club level and also internationally. You know. So you know, obviously Falcao did have a, a glorious career as well and has scored lots of goals across the continents. But um, wasn't so successful when he was in England, mind. He was pretty much a flop at uh, at Man United. So. Um, you know, maybe O'Neill got that one
0: right. I, I, think, I think you're right on reflection. And of course, he wouldn't have had that 5-1 against Germany. Exactly. lives long in the memory.
1: Exactly. He so, scored yeah. a
0: few there. He did. What is the most amusing piece of sporting advice anyone has heard from a fellow spectator? I mean, there's lots of good ones here.
1: And unfortunately, with football terms, the advice dished out by spectators is often rather crude and expletive-laden. So we probably won't want to go into 90% of them that you hear on the terraces these days, sadly. Um, but they've been the odd little gem down the years. Um, I remember Arsenal goalie Chesney was having a, a particularly dodgy game, um, but was fairly handsomely well-paid at the time. And one wag in the crowd shouted out, if it was a paycheck, you wouldn't have dropped it. Uh, as he fumbled yet another cross, so that 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 one always stands out in the in the memory. If we switch to cricket, there's a great Aussie heckle, which I'm sure you know, which is about Phil Tufnell, which was shouted out from the crowd as he stood on the boundary ropes waiting for the ball to come his way. One Aussie fan shouted out, "Oi, Tufnell, lend us your brain! I'm building an idiot," <laughs> and uh, apparently that got much amusement in the crowd from those standing near. Within earshot, so uh, Tufnell's never forgotten it—that's for sure. So there's a, a couple of beauties that have come from the crowd. There's obviously lots of songs as well that have been rather amusing down the years. There's the the Bobby Zamora one. Are you familiar with this? Go
0: on. I when the ball you do
1: that. Hit, when okay, I'll sing that one. <laughs> when the when the ball hits your head and you're satin rose, that's Zamora, <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously uh, a beauty. I think Fulham do have some. Some form of comeback uh, song about comparing him to being better than uh, Alan Shearer and Andy Cole, um, which I'm not sure whether that's tongue in cheek, but I imagine it must be. So that's, that's quite a nice one. One of my other favourite songs was uh, Habib Bay. So that's H A B I B, Habib Bay, B E Y E. He used to play for Newcastle about 10 years ago. And the, the song that he used to get was uh, Sunday, Monday, Habib Bay. Tuesday, very Wednesday. good.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely in tune as well. <laughs>
1: You're too kind. You're too kind. Uh, so, I, yeah, I that-
0: like the Robbie Keane one. He's fast, he's red. He, he talks like Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> Being a Wolves fan, I think we have the worst one I've ever heard, which is um, we had a um, striker last season called Patrick Catrone, mm. uh, who didn't last very long, actually. I, did, I think he got homesick. And the the chart was, he likes the pizza, he likes the pasta, he loves Peroni, Patrick <laughs> Catroni,
1: <laughs> Very good. I also always remember the one about Rio Ferdinand when he got his ban for missing a drugs test. So that was about, I don't know, 2003. I don't know what set of fans sang it, but I imagine it was sung up and down the country that... Um, his name is Rio, and he watches from
0: the stand. Which Very I nice. Thought was, uh, Duran Duran. Yeah, indeed. I always <laughs> thought
1: that was a rather clever one. So, um, yes, that's my offerings anyway. I won't okay. sing more. I promise.
0: Is there any truth to the story that Arsenal Football Club bribed their way into the First Division in 1919?
1: Well, I couldn't possibly comment. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Sadly there is yes we it's um never quite been proven but um there's certainly a lot of suspicious circumstances around um around what happened at that time so obviously as we are now the the season came to a, a halt because of the war and when it resumed in 1919 they needed a vote in order to determine the makeup of the league now there have been all sorts of dodgy dealings and, and mysterious uh, occurrences. So World War I began at the end of so, sort of 1914, and Arsenal were sixth in the second division. Um, now, the National League was obviously then discontinued for the duration of the war. And in August 1919, it, it, uh, it was up and running again. Now, it had always been the plan to extend the first division from 20 clubs to 22. So in previous years, when uh, when the number of first division clubs had increased, obviously the the bottom two clubs had been saved from relegation and then the top two from the second division came up. So that all seemed quite straightforward. Now, the bottom two clubs in 14-15 were Chelsea and Tottenham. Uh, So it was generally sort of assumed that they would avoid relegation and it would just be the two second division teams who were top of the league who would come up. Now, in that instance, that was Derby and Preston. So they would have come up, okay? And that would have been fine. So just Derby and Preston would have come up. However... Arsenal had other ideas. They had this slightly dodgy character at the helm, a guy called Henry Norris. Oh, previously... Honest
0: Henry Norris. I honest. Was, was... <laughs> oh, is that
1: right? Honest Henry Norris, who previously owned Fulham uh, as yep. well, but he bought Arsenal, Woolwich Arsenal, moved them north of the river to. Uh, to improve gate receipts because they'd moved to a, a more, a, a sort of busier area where they could get more yep. money in. So that was the first move he did that annoyed Tottenham when uh, when he moved the club to be Tottenham's neighbours. So when it came to this vote that was put forward about how many teams would get promoted, it was Tottenham and six clubs. So Tottenham were bottom and six clubs from the second tier were put up for a vote about who would get promoted and who would be in the top flight. And uh, remarkably, Arsenal gained the most votes. Now, whether any... Uh, There was any brown envelopes changing hands here or not, I couldn't possibly say. But they got 18 votes to Tottenham's eight. So it was Arsenal who were promoted behind Derby. And and just to be clear, they were
0: sixth in the division at the
1: time. They were were sixth in the division. And Tottenham, who by normal means, would have avoided relegation on account of, of them wanting to increase the number of teams in the league. They were booted out. And Arsenal, who were sixth, Derby and Preston, who were first and second, all got promoted so, and Tottenham were relegated. So, and there started a long, long, bitter rivalry between Arsenal and Tottenham fans. Tottenham did bounce back the following season, though. They got promoted the following season. And actually, a, a season later, in 1921, went on to win the FA Cup. But, um, but Arsenal, yes, by uh, fair means or foul, and one suspects the latter got promoted and have never been relegated since.
0: Yeah, and I, as I understand it, uh, Henry Norris was eventually banned for life from football.
1: <laughs> he signed a Sunderland player, Charles Buchanan, I think his name was. And apparently he was paying him little backhanders as well. So he was, uh, it was obviously a time of minimum wage. And he was getting a few extras to uh, to come and play for Arsenal. So, yeah, honest Henry wasn't quite so honest after all. And no. uh, never worked in good, football again. It's good
0: to see that football's cleaned up its act <laughs> so completely. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it was only about... 80 years later that George Graham was driven out of Arsenal for taking uh, backhanders. so yeah it's
0: uh, you know nothing's changed nothing's changed there oh well that's great thank you ever so much um, Matt for joining us for this podcast pleasure. and hopefully we can, we can come up with some more football questions in the future that'd be good my pleasure that's all we've got time for this week but I'll be back with you and another expert guest in two weeks time don't forget you'll be able to listen back to this and all our other MailPlus podcasts at mailplus.co.uk or via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening.